1: Scripture says that He gives constantly. Cometh down is in a present participle. It means it just keeps coming on down. It's not like God occasionally looks and gives us something. The gifts from God are just continuous. We're being showered all the time, whether we're aware of it or not.
0: That statement from Pastor Leighton Sheely takes me back to a series we aired not too long ago called The Two Kingdoms, the physical kingdom that we can see and the spiritual kingdom that we can't see. The things that are happening all around us all the time but we can't see them. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno will begin uh, the second part of a two-part series called The Seven Truths of Temptation. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Mike Trout. We're always happy to know that you're listening. Well, blessed, really, to know that you're listening. And you can share that fact with us when you go to the website. I wish you would do that at Highlands.us and click on the contact link. That's Highlands.us. Now, if you can, grab your Bible and be prepared to follow along and take notes. Here's Pastor Layton.
1: Now, instead of God being the source of anything bad, the Bible wants to make sure we know that God is the source of everything that's good. And that's why we find the words in verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Why is this important? Well, it's important because one of the enemy's tricks is to convince us that our Heavenly Father is holding out on us. He doesn't really love us. He doesn't really care for us. And He's not really wanting us to have the best. He's holding out on us. When Satan approached Eve, he suggested that if God really loved her, then He would permit her to eat of the fruit of the forbidden tree. And when Satan approached Jesus, he raised the question of hunger again. He said, if your father loves you, why are you hungry? You know, us believing in the goodness of God is a barrier against yielding to temptation. And once we start doubting God's goodness, we're going to be more attracted to Satan's bait and Satan's offers. Scripture says that he gives constantly. Cometh down is in a, is in a, a present participle. It means it just keeps coming on down. It's not like God occasionally looks and gives us something. The presents, the gifts from God are just continuous. We're being showered all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And it says, God does not change. There's no shadow in lights. It's impossible for God to change. Uh, He cannot change for the worse because He's holy. He cannot change for the better because He's perfect. God can't change. The sun can change based on how we perceive it, because it can be on the other side of the world. But God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. God does not change. This means that we should never question his love or his uh, or doubt his goodness when difficulties or temptation comes our way. So the passage begins with what God does not do, that is tempt us to sin. It ends with what God does do, which is provide every good and perfect gift, and in between we find these steps of temptation. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Now the word lust there means any kind of desire not ne- necessarily sexual passions. The normal desires of life were given to us by God and of themselves are not sinful. Without these desires, we could not function. For instance, unless we felt hunger and thirst, we would never eat or drink and we would die. Without fatigue, our body would never rest and we'd eventually wear out. And sex is a normal desire. Without it, the human race could not continue. It is when we want to satisfy these desires in ways outside of God's will that we get into trouble. Eating is normal. Gluttony is sin. Sleep is normal. Laziness is sin. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. A temptation always carries with it some bait that appeals to our natural desires. And the bait not only tracks us, but it hides the fact that yielding to the desire will eventually bring sorrow and punishment. The bait is the exciting thing. Now this passage uses fishing terms. And fish rarely bite a hook, but if that hook is, is, is wrapped around by something tempting like, like a worm, it may not be tempting to us, but it is to fish, then it looks attractive to the fish. And the fisherman wants the fish to see the worm, not the hook. Satan wants us to see the temptation, not the sin. Satan wants us to believe there's a small price to pay for sin. The Bible says there's a really big price to pay for sin. Bible says, don't be deceived. Think before you bite. So, whenever you're faced with temptation, get your eyes off the bait and look ahead to see the consequences of the sin, the judgment of God. It says, each one of us is tempted when he is drawn away. Drawn away means to get our attention. What it means is we're just humming on through life, we're doing what we should, we're paying attention to God and what's right, and then all of a sudden something gets our attention. It says, and enticed. Now, the words here, to drag off and then entice, are connected to, to form a sequence of action. In order for us, uh, for temptation to produce sin, we have to think about that. Now, the Bible tells us what we should be thinking about in Philippians four eight. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, ex- uh, any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, the Bible says, is you can, you can choose what you think about, And these are the things you should be choosing to think about. But that's not what Satan wants us to think about. He wants us to think about something else. He wants us to think about the lure. He wants us to be enticed by the lure. That word enticed comes from a, a root word that means to trap or entrap. And what he wants to do is he wants to trap our thoughts. God gives freedom. Satan wants us trapped. God gives life. Satan wants us dead. Satan's tool to accomplish our death is sin, because the wages of sin is death. So the goal of every temptation is to make us sin with the hope of us dying. Verse 15 then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, in verse 15, we've moved from emotions, desire, and intellect, deception, to a matter of the will. Of choice, and James uses a very interesting word here. He says, "When lust has conceived, and the word literally means to become pregnant. Conception is the joining together or the union of two, and it's it's the desire of this old nature uh, that resides in our member joining with the outward temptation that produces uh, sin. So the steps here are very clear. Unchecked lust yields sin, and unconfessed sin." Brings death. Now, that statement, sin produces death, can be understood in several ways because death is used several ways in the Scriptures. The first way it's used is in the case of Adam, who brought upon himself and all of us physical death. Another kind of death that the Scriptures talk about is spiritual death which is separates a person from blessing in eternity. And there's another kind of death that the Scriptures talk about as well. In 1 Timothy 5, 6, we read that a believing widow who lives in pleasure, not living for God, but living for her own pleasure, is dead while she lives. This means that she's wasting her life and utterly failing to fulfill the purpose for which God has saved her. So to be out of fellowship with God, to be out of the purpose of God for a Christian, is a form of living death. Now the word death primarily means separation. When we die, our spirit is separated from our flesh. So when sin occurs, we are separated. Separated from God. There are seven steps of temptation to look to lust, to be enticed, to chase, that moment of conception, the birth, the growth of sin. What what happens when we grow or our children grow? When our children grow, they get stronger and stronger. If we don't kill sin, it's going to grow stronger and stronger in our lives. And if it grows strong enough, it will eventually lead to death. Now, the path of temptation here follows these steps. And may I propose to you that it's better never to get on the path. Uh, A path begins when appetite and opportunity come together. If appetite happens but there's no opportunity, nothing's going to happen. If opportunity happens but there's no appetite, nothing's going to happen. But if appetite and opportunity come together, that's where the path begins. Now, mature Christian living is a matter of the will, not of feelings. Uh, Believers often say, I don't feel like going to church, or I don't feel like reading the Bible, or I don't feel like praying, or I don't feel like... and, And they base their action based upon feelings. Children base their actions on feelings. Adults base their, or should, base their actions upon the basis of will. You know, there are mornings I get up, I don't feel like going to work. But I have a responsibility, and so I will myself to get up and go to work. And this explains why many immature Christians easily fall into temptation. It's because they allow feelings, not their will, to make the decision for them. Now, the more you exercise your will in saying no to temptation, the more God will take control of your life and help you be strengthened against temptation. So I'd like to have some recommendations here as to when temptation comes, how we would respond. I'd like to say, suggest first off that the first thing you want to do is a quick prayer. A really quick prayer. And I'll explain why it has to be really quick in just a moment. But you need to pray. And the reason you need to pray is you need to get, first off, be reminded that God is near. And be reminded that you're going to be talking with God and you're going to be accountable to God. And it gets your attention off the lure so the lure doesn't just keep your attention. There's also another reason, and that is the Bible says flee from temptation. And if you are, have a really long prayer, it's going to be a hard time fleeing. And then I also suggest that you choose to get accountable. Don't allow the devil to intimidate you into putting up some kind of a false, holy facade like you've got it all together. I'll tell you, churches that expect people to come in and have it all together and impress each other with how we've arrived are unhealthy churches. A healthy church is a place where people come and say, "Uh, listen, I am dealing with an issue in my life and I want to overcome it. What does God have to say? How can I overcome this? How can I please God? And how do we do that? by choosing to make ourselves accountable. So find someone you can trust, someone you can be candid with, someone who can help you get perspective, someone who will not endorse sinful behavior, but encourage you to do uh, what is right. And somebody says, you know, why are you you Christians, you know, messing up? Well, because we're not perfect, but we are forgiven. And as one of my
0: Messianic uh, Christian friends says, can you say amen to that? oh yes amen you're listening to a daily visit from pastor leighton shealy of church of the highlands in san bruno we call it study verse by verse and we've just concluded a two-part series on temptation the seven truths of temptation if you've missed any of this you can find the messages on the website highlands.us as a matter of fact There is a lot of ministry going on at Church of the Highlands during this time, including Sunday morning services, a sunrise service each Sunday, and different groups of men, women, young adults, and youth gathering for virtual ministry on a regular basis. Again, the specifics are on the website at highlands.us. That's also where you can give to this ministry to help us continue to be on the air here in the Bay Area. You can share your gift safely at Highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow as we begin a new series and continue to study verse by verse.